Hey, 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 what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? It's me, your Jesus-loving Jersey girl, and we are finally <laughs> on live with a conversation with Pastor Sam. I am, yes, in the studio. We had some crazy, y'all know how this goes. Sometimes that little internet demon just comes in and tries to, like, just disturb the whole process so we are here now so as you come in the room say hello um let us know that you are here uh just want to make sure that uh you are uh in the studio with us so i'm gonna give you a few minutes while i'm giving you a few minutes to chime in i want to make sure that we go over some things that we normally do that is first i want to say thank you so much for being here with us on today Thank you for allowing us into your homes. Thank you so much for your patience with us on today and our late start. But we are grateful that we finally got it in. I'm going to tell you all, the last thing I said was in the name of Jesus and look at what happened. Praise God. And we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this. Please let this stream continue to hold strong until we finish our conversation. Um, so, yes. Give, give Tendell some credit in that. He prayed earlier. No, that's not what, what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? He said, reset the internet. Oh, Licentia did ask, tell us to reset the internet. We were trying everything else, and that was the last thing we did. Oh, he's going to come back with it. But say it. it was all God, because <laughs> if God said no, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you for the uh, wise recommendation, suggestion. And... Um, yeah, so listen, we want y'all to continue to chime in, say hello to us as you're chiming in. Let, look, 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 we have a conversation, part two of the continuation of the conversation we had, not last week, but the week, the week before last. So what I'm hoping is that you all went back and, ref and, and watched the movie to refresh your, mo your memory, because we talked about, we would be talking about this boys in the hood um, element as it pertained to our last conversation two weeks ago. So y'all had two weeks to get it in. Hopefully you did so. We're and we can have a really good conversation like we had two weeks ago. Y'all were really active and involved, and we thank y'all, and we want y'all to be just as active and involved in today's conversation, okay? So, you know, I, I got to say, because I've been getting parenthetical phrases. Uh-oh. When we, when we speak, we, um, we repeat the same uh -huh. thing, mm -hmm. but use different words. Uh-huh. And that has been kicking me in the behind when I'm going to try to get everything right because you, you write the same way. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing, but I listen to you and listen to other people. It's like we, we really we emphasize things by just using another um, word word uh -huh. to continue, you know, to say it, like uh, continuation part two, you know, and, and other things that, that's in there. I was saying that that just comes out subconsciously when you put the pen to the paper as well. Oh, yeah. And it does in your texting. It's all the anything you write that happens. Yeah. Mm hmm Okay, go on. I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. Um, we just—he just faded out for a second. You are you okay out there? Let's enter it. I'm still here. Yes. Did you see that? No. I I didn't see it, but I saw. I'm I'm here. I see y'all. So okay. I'm, I'm not gonna steal his little thunder because he want to say it. So I'll let him say it when it's time. But anyway, um, the fact of the matter is, let me see if that, I can get him on. There. Is that um we are here and we. Keep going, keep talking. Okay. We are here and we are um 
willing and ready to have this. Well, we're excited about getting ready to have this conversation. Remember, call somebody, text somebody. You can actually share the video right now. And right underneath the video, there's a thumbs up button. Please like it. Like, 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 like. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up the video. Share the video. There's a little tab right next to the like. You can share it right now in your phone, on your phone, from your phone, from your computer. Share the video because... um. We want to get as many persons involved in the conversation as we possibly can on this evening. We're still trying to get to those 1,000 subscribers. Y'all, you know, don't get weary and well-doing. Please continue to try to help us. And what I would also like to say. One of the like chefs say, I look at regularly on the Internet, uh-huh. he just he just popped a million subscribers. All right. All right, nothing. I'm. We, we need <laughs> we to get 1,000. We're trying to get 1,000. <laughs> and he over there having um, tea and crumpets because he didn't hit a million. All right. I hear you. So could y'all help us out, please? Y'all know everybody on here got at least 20 cousins. At least. At All least. of them have cell phones. Listen, I know a lot of y'all have done 23andMe. So when y'all re- get these little hits on the 23andMe saying you got new DNA relatives, I don't care if you're third, fourth, fifth cousin, send them the link to a conversation with Pastor Sam and ask them to subscribe to the channel. Come on, we got to do this in any way that we can get this done. Y'all hear me? Be creative. Be creative. And remember that um, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Google Cast, Pocket Cast. We are on Spotify. And so you could always carry the conversation with you. We are also on Level Up Radio every Sunday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. About two weeks ago, I think it was, or, or maybe I think it was two weeks ago, actually on Sunday. Um, I think I shared the link with you all um, and the conversation, the, the sermon from that Sunday went so um, well with the conversation that was played on that Sunday. It was like in lockstep and it was just amazing and awesome. And to God be the glory. So y'all, you know, when you after church, check us out on Level Up Radio. I'll um, put all of that information in the link for you so that you can copy and paste it and make sure that you um, subscribe there as well. Subscribe to you wherever you get your podcast to our channel and all of that good stuff. Remember, you can always go to our living stream store on our website at www.famecbrownsmills.com. Click on more, click on the shop button. It'll take you to our living stream store and you can cop that merch. Merch. Now check it out. Got some new merch. I pick, I got some more is on the way, but here's one of our coffee mugs. It's, 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 it's simple, but it's cool. You know, you know how I always say at the end, I call this the closer mug. Don't look at my nails. I need a, ma- a manicure. <laughs> it says we love y'all. Right. Conversation with Pastor Sam. We love y'all. Uh-huh. And then on the back of it, how I like to close the conversation. We out. And of course I put my moniker there. The Jesus loving Jersey girl. It's a cool uh, mug. It's and then real the other funny one how I have. You and the life century keep getting all of this merch. Oh, here's yours. Y'all can uh, go get this one. Y'all can get this one. Is This one's the pastors. Stop. What does it say? Stop trying to walk uh, in my anointing, Pastor Sam. Why mine look okay. cheesy? What's that uh, big strip in, in oh, the handle? Oh, no, you didn't say that. That doesn't Show look cheesy. Show the handle. Show the handle. Just wait. That's, That's not problem. good. Okay, well, then you just lost you some sales. And so the other, I'm, I need to talk the to the designer. The designer is this one here. Oh, see, that's another, nice. Another we love y'all. And it has, of course, my, my favorite thing, our butterflies. So it has that. And then on the back, it says the same. We out in a nice color for the ladies. Uh-huh, that's cool. For the gentlemen, if you want it. And we also have, because you know how I always tell y'all we should be taking notes. Because you never know when the Lord is going to speak to you, right? So you ought to have a good notebook for yourself. 
Um, the licentia has a mug too. It just hasn't gotten here yet. Um, I ordered it, but it didn't come yet. But when it comes, I will make sure. I will make sure. His is white as well. Oh, okay. We just tried to make yours special. See, so this here is our our notebook. This thing feels like butter. It is so soft. This um, cover, and then on the back, it has that. It says, "I'll bring it for those of you who will be able to see me." Um, this weekend I'll bring it so you could touch it and feel it and get some good, you know, your good notebook paper in there. And then uh, we have this one, faith, you know, notes. And then on the back it has our information, the church information. So y'all go ahead and and cop that that merch, okay? Um, and we thank you in advance for doing that. So as the new merch comes in, because I always order samples of it, as the new merch comes in, I'll share it with you. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I'm not going to belabor the points anymore. I hope you all shared this with somebody. Like, like the video. I only see three likes, but I see more than three people on the line. So do me a favor. If you haven't liked the video, like it right now so you don't forget before the end of the video. And share it with somebody. Um, I'll put all the information in the, um, the live chat. And remember, the conversation can continue after the conversation. Underneath the video, there's a space for comments. We go back and look often and we reply to those comments, but y'all not talking to us in there. So come on, let's, let's get this, this, this channel and this podcast, you know, let's, let's, let's get it on fire. We're going to go around and let everybody say hi. We'll come back. I'll start a quick prayer about part two, Boys in the Hood. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So the first lady, thank you for not stealing my thunder. I am on location. She knew about. She knew I wanted to say that. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm traveling uh, for work, and I uh, got done. And I told my uh, coworker, I said, "I got to get back so that I can get on uh, with the conversation." So I'm really excited about being here tonight. I almost, I actually, you know, as, as first lady said about the uh, the merch, I actually got an email from them when the new merch came out. So I was really happy about seeing that uh, from the company, so I can order. Uh, I didn't get hold on, I didn't get no email. So that was great. You pro- have you ordered any merch? Oh, oh you didn't order any. That's see, that's why you didn't get email. When the new merch came out. I got, I got people got for that. Well, that's yeah. why I get so the email. You, yeah, and that was that was really a welcome surprise because I didn't I didn't know there was some new merch coming out. So when I saw that email again, that was really I got excited because it said let the record reflect, and I have that on right now. Um, so, but it was that mug. Oh, so I plan on purchasing that uh, let the reflect mug. But anyway, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. There's also a notebook um, there too for you. Oh, and a notebook. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Um, so, uh, just you know, just, just plenty of items on the uh, uh, the merch thing. I'm looking forward to this conversation tonight because this is one of my favorite movies. Now, there are a couple parts in this movie that I'm going to talk about tonight, but I'm excited about it because I've been dying to have this conversation uh, with the large group. The pastor and first lady have heard me say my parts all the time in this movie because I quote the movie a lot. But I'm looking forward to it tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, all of us. Go ahead with your little with your Ricky stuff. There's a lot here. Go ahead with your Ricky stuff. Well, you know I'm going to go with Ricky. I got all. I've already got it down. I wish I had that notebook because I would have my notes right now. But I'm looking forward to this evening. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord, everybody. To God be the glory. Um, I'm really thank you for um, allowing us yet again to be in your house um, with you to spend the evening with you. And to have a conversation with you, um, I'm going to let the licentious do most of the talking on tonight.
because they can recall more of these movies. I actually tried to watch it today um, for the um, time frame for for this evening, but somebody gave me a ghetto copy and it skipped every five minutes, so I could not really (laughs) get through it. it? I mean, I... I just gotta get we good. Got I gotta whole, get better people. I gotta get better people. We got a people. whole CD in that in in our collection. I've got to get better people because when I you know when I need to have something done, it's just it it just didn't happen today. So I'm gonna try to put my best into it. But I do want to say, and on on a serious note, with this issue because this is part two, not part two inside of Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood came out of the conversation of um, juvenile delinquency and what we can do as a people as we try to better our um, community to better our family structures, to um, better our understanding, our traditions and get back to the way things were in the um, going in a positive direction towards success and excellence across the generations. It seems that we have, and I think we've all come to a consensus where we, where we can agree and nothing is wrong with admitting the fact that I believe that we have um, gotten a little off course. Mm-hmm. And we're getting off course. The first thing you do is you, you you pull the wagon over and you begin to ask for directions. And, you know, asking for directions is nothing to be ashamed of. It, the worst thing to do is to keep going in the wrong direction and then getting further lost. Believe me, I've been there as well. So what we want to do is we trying to get, you know, pull over to the side, have a collective conversation with you to ask you what direction we should go into us. We three here, there's no way in the world that we would try to uh, extend to you understanding that we have all the answers. We don't, we, we talk at length many days and nights. And most of the time when these conversations get very lengthy, we end them with frustration because we throw our hands up and we have to just pray because we, we see that the answer is elusive it's elusive because you just don't have that type of human control over other people. And when you don't have that type of human control over other people, you, you cannot force someone. You have to find ways to coerce. You have to find ways to um, encourage. You have to find ways to um, hold a person's hand and walk with them. Mm-hmm. And the same way you walk with God, you have to walk humbly with your brother. You have to walk humbly with your sister in order to get them and you, because you can be walking a little skewed as well, mm-hmm. to get everybody on the pathways of success. Right. That takes a um, collective, synchronized effort to put one foot in front of the other. I, I liken it to the old uh, potato sack race, you know, um, the three-legged race. Mm-hmm. You have to coordinate. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're trying to coordinate. We're going to get to prayer. We're trying to coordinate and get to the point. I want to make, once we get finished with prayer, I'm going to make a quick point that's going to get 90% of y'all mad at me, and then I'm going to bag off and um, let y'all <laughs> have a little bit of a heated moment while they talk. And then what I'm only going to ask you to do is that while you're mad at me, just don't break nothing in your house or try to come knocking on my door tonight or else, you know, we're going to have an issue. Amen. I was only looking at you because I was wondering if you had a question. I was going to put it in the, when you said we want your input. That's why I was asking. No, no, no. We'll call. So go ahead. Let's okay. go ahead and pray. All right. Father, we thank you. We love you. We magnify you. We worship your holy and precious name. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you as it begins to wind down and to close out that you've kept us. You've watched over us. You've 
provided for us, dear God, that you kept us safe from all hurt, harm, danger, seen and unseen. We thank you, dear God, that you allowed the licentiate to arrive at his destination safely. Please be with him while he is yet there away, dear God, and allow him travel mercies back. Uh, he and his colleagues. And we thank you, dear God, for every blessing that you have bestowed upon us each and every day of our lives. We give you honor and praise for those who have joined us live for this conversation on tonight and those that will hear this conversation later. We pray that eyes will uh, be open, that ears will hear, that hearts and minds will be receptive and God, that you will be glorified and your people edified. These and all other blessings we ask in the matchless name of Jesus the Christ. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank God. Thank, God. Thank you, Almighty Thank God. God. Thank you, Almighty God. Amen. 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 Why did you um, pray for his safe arrival? He'd been down there for a couple of days. Well, because, you know, it's... Thank you. Thank you, First Lady, for being He's already so been there. Don't, don't try to start. He down there... Drinking up the town, vodka tonics, whiskey sour. What? <laughs> what? Uh, don't don't lie. Don't lie, Eli. Don't don't do it. How do you think you're gonna call your pastor up and tell your pastor you've been drinking all day long and I'm not gonna put it on the on the air? First of all, you know I did not say that. That is so funny. Let's talk about this, Minister. How you gonna call your pastor? Pastor stuff. And talk about you've been down there drinking. Oh, he's looking he, he stuttered. Did you hear him stutter? Whiskey tonic and no gin tonic and all that. Okay, if you ain't had no vodka tonics, no um Ooh, strawberry dash. What you down there drinking on? It ain't water. Oh, stop. Your eyes oh, look a little shocked. Oh, my goodness. Are you really saying that? Stop. That is his so eyeballs terrible. look a little red. Huh? Yeah, right. That's no. That's well, he just took his glasses off now because he don't want to see it. Little contacts. This is contact. Uh, that's a contact, all right. Contact that juice. That's the haze. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go ahead and move on uh, with this conversation. Thank you, thank you Lord. Thank you, God. Um, that is. What I want to what I want to put on to the um, subject tonight mm -hmm. is the Boys in the Hood is a epic timestamp that has endured over well generations. When did this movie come out? Uh, it was 90, a long 91. Yeah, many years, many years ago. Um, the director, the writer, um, Singleton. John Singleton. Mm -hmm. He's not even alive anymore, right? Nope. He, he passed, passed away, away in 2019. I think so. And um, very young man. But that was I, what I read was this was his first, mm -hmm. his debut work. Mm -hmm. That's genius mm -hmm. uh, to have mm -hmm. captured all of what he did inside of this movie. Right. Um, all of the social uproar and the very um, uncomfortable mm -hmm. dis discourse mm -hmm. because it, it was not only uncomfortable and you said 1991 mm -hmm. and 1991, but it has become even more uncomfortable to talk about in 2023. But you also have to remember this was during Rodney King stuff. This, this was, but I'm saying mm -hmm. that we still yet mm -hmm. have not gotten ourselves to the point of where we can have um, mature and um, very um, awakening, broadening um, conversation about um, all of the issues that have been played out in this movie, the um, the the paths of these young men, and I believe that it was based on a true story. Correct? Mm, I, yeah, I, I think I don't think it was based on a true story. I think it was some pockets of 
themes that were put together, but I don't think it was based on one. Yeah, yeah but it was everybody's South, life kind of com, kind of coming together on the 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 culture right. of South Central Los Angeles. <clears throat> South Central Los yeah. Angeles, mm-hmm. right? I got you. Okay, and and what I want to say is that you know what I I'm gonna leave the conversation to the movie up to these two guys because they with this guy and this gal because they have a better um in, you know grip on the movie as it pertains to the conversation. My input is going to be this: the movie really give us a an insight to a um, father's presentation. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to go black or white father. I'm just talking about a father's presentation, mm-hmm. uh, what a father is supposed to be um, as it pertains to his family, mm-hmm. particularly as it pertains to his children. Mm-hmm. And because the movie was centered around the boys, well, no, I'm, I think it has some, some girl issues in there as well. Mm-hmm. That You know what a father can teach a girl to, um, you know, try to value her temple more than what we saw inside. And, and a boy to value the temple more than what we saw going on in the um, the movie itself. I think we struggle with the fact today that we always want to say, well, you know what, absenteeism is the disease that's going on. And I'm not really willing to completely fall over myself and drop into the bucket of absenteeism. Listen, I'm a product of absenteeism. Is my mm-hmm. father was gone at two. Mm-hmm. Dude didn't do what he was supposed to do. You can easily, you can not easily, because it was nothing easy about it. Mm-hmm. But you can overcome that as well. Um, you have to be able to be um, adopted or have some type of surrogate in your life. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to come along. See, I'm not even talking about biological, but somebody, some masculine figure, have to come along. It is not going to be emasculated inside of their duties and responsibilities to raise up these um, at-risk, these young um, brothers and sisters to a place where they can be successful, mm-hmm. to a place that they can be um, generational, generationally um, 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 greater. And I think that's where we're, we're losing out right now because we're not engaged for um, these um, young folk who mm-hmm. have found themselves in a very difficult position in life. Mm-hmm. And it really, I, I think one of the main pieces, the one that's going to get everybody mad, everybody mad at me, mm-hmm. is that we have so um, lessened the impact mm-hmm. of what a man is supposed to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Because we feel like it is an oppressive or a overly heavy hand in the um, leading and guiding of a man's uh, family unit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that is the case. And I believe that what we have had happen is, sisters, and I'm not trying to break y'all down or say anything because, you know, to God be the glory that y'all are in place. My mother was in place to help raise these um, young people, particularly raising young boys. But I don't think that we have put ourselves inside of the best possible place for success by having a, a woman raise up these young men and letting them um, move through this um, adults development stage and not have that guidance from a father figure. Mm-hmm. You need that. I mean, because listen, I was a boy, I was a young boy and there are times inside of a young man's life where the foot has to meet the butt. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I don't think a woman knows how or can uh, put a, uh, a young man who is completely teenage years is acting completely out and then losing his mind. Sometimes you got to have that, you know, and I'm not saying being abusive, that's not the case. And I, I, I will say as well that our children are not going to tell you that they will receive 
you know, and a, a beating every day, which, you know, was the case for, you know, other folk when they were growing up. That was not the case. But did, did they get some form of um, um, punishment? Absolutely. How many times did they could tell you that they were um, um, spanked? Probably about less than five. But that five was enough to just like, listen, I'm not going down this road further. I'm not doing these things because there are repercussions. Or you said, what well, choices and consequences. Mm -hmm. And you have to talk with authority. You have to talk with some, um, I'm not even going to say basing your voice, but you got to talk with the state. So, you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. I can back up what I'm talking about and I can hold you accountable to what I have requested of you. Mm -hmm. And I can make you do what you're supposed <laughs> to do. Mm -hmm. And a, a woman's heart, like, I'm going to give, an, a, you know, Sam, if you're out there, um, I'm going to use an example. And um, you're probably going to get upset with me, too. But this is the day that everybody's going to get upset with me. One day, Sam came to the, to, into the house. He was, I think he was like 17. And he broke the, the um, curfew rule. And uh, you're breaking. Yeah, it was curfew. I was like, oh, oh, really? We're going to break the curfew. And the curfew was pretty liberal. So I turned all the lights off in the house. I think I probably said this story on here before, way, way back when, a couple years back. I turned all the lights off in the house so that he can believe he can sneak into the house. Mm -hmm. And when he put his key in and he came into the door, I was sitting there on the couch and click, the light went on. If I would have had a camera to take a picture of his face <laughs> at that moment when he got caught coming, trying to sneak back up in the house. He didn't have any words to say. So what I did was I looked in his eyes and he backed the story up. And I asked him, where, where were you? Where you been? And he told me. And I said, well, what time is curfew? And he told me. I said, okay, so you're saying to me that my rules do not matter to you. Mm. So what I want you to do is a couple of things. One, take your wallet out of your pocket. He took his wallet out of his pocket. And I said, put it on the table. Take your keys out your pocket. He took his keys out of the pocket and said, put them on the table. He had his clothes on his back. I said, you can keep the clothes. Even though I bought those clothes, you can keep the clothes. It was wintertime and it was snowing. And I said, what you need to do right now is get out of my house. Mm. And he looked at me like, are you serious? And I was like, get out my house before I throw you out my house. And he knew I was not playing. So he got out of my house. Now, a woman ain't going to go that, that, that deep. Now, I'm not saying they didn't care about him. So when he got out the house, I turned the lights back off where he couldn't see. Looking back up in the, um, the house. And it's snowing, and he's like probably thinking, man, how am I going to survive? Mm -hmm. So he goes over to the family car, and he tries to open it because he was like, I'll just get in the car because um, daddy don't lock the doors all the time. Mm -hmm. Nope. I've already thought about that. So I went outside and locked the doors. Oh, my goodness. I, I covered all the bases, <laughs> locked the doors. And once he once he tried the locks on the doors of the van, because he was going to be in there sleeping in the morning, and then we had to deal with this thing all over again. He realized the error of his ways. He turned around and just... I saw the, the soul shake inside of him. Aww. So he came back up to the house and he sat down in front of the um, house and it was snowing. I, the whole time I'm watching him through the window, but he didn't see me. And uh, as the snow built up on his little head, he, he went to sleep. <laughs> and once, once he went to sleep, I went out there and got him and it brought him back in. And I said, like, now we need to have a, a conversation. Mm -hmm. We've got to be able to get into our boy's mind and give them the understanding that you just, in life, there is an accountability. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to find ways to, um, you know, do what's right and not just completely go what's wrong. So I identified with the very strong brother who was in the movie, who was like really all the... the Furious. Um, yeah. Everybody's, his, all his friends thought his father was too strong. That's the kind of father that I was. Mm -hmm. And I can identify with that because what I'm not going to do is on my watch... You're not going to go astray. 
When you get grown, you can go astray all you want to. But while you are um, under my authority, then we have to have a conversation that hopefully if I train you up in the right way, that you won't stray too far away from it mm-hmm. and you'll be able to still be responsible when you get um, grown and on your own. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, piece. Um, we're going to go on. Who wants it first? Which direction you want us to go? Y'all can go whatever direction you want to. Hit this movie up, hit up these points. Go ahead. You talk about what I was location. going on with it. Mr. On Location's got it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, Mr. On Location. Uh, well, this is uh, a very important movie uh, that I, you know, as the pastor alluded to earlier, really depicts uh, the foundation of a strong father. But also in the very beginning of that movie is that the mother recognized that the area that she was living in was not going to be a place that she couldn't teach her son how to be a man. Mm. And so she was able to recognize that and send her son to be with his father. And I think that that is, to me, was one of the important parts is that even though parents may not be together, Mm -hmm. they still have to recognize the importance of making sure that the children have their parents available to them. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I can't raise you to be a man. You have to go stay with your father. And the father was able to pour all these things into him. And as uh, the pastor said, you know, I did not have my father in my life, uh, but I was very fortunate to have a strong father figure in the pastor. Uh, And, you know, he said something that I kind of chuckle about because he said, when you're under his authority, you know, when you're young and, you know, when you get older and kind of, it leaves, that's not a true statement. Let me just say that right now. Uh, Because he still has that very paternal uh, instinct over all of us. But anyway, uh, it, it was really a, a very good movie because the mother recognized that she needed to send her son to this strong father. And then the father there took his responsibility seriously, and he made sure that his son was going to follow <clears throat> the rules that he had set forth in the house. So the movie, you know, as the first thing to clarify in, in the chat that um, John Singleton pick these stories from his experience. It wasn't a life story, a true story, but it was rather from experiences within uh, the community. We're still faced with some of these things today. But what one thing I respect about this movie is that it really didn't talk about the family in terms of, the, in the traditional sense that the mother and father were in the household, but it talked about parents that may not have been together, but still wanted the best for their children. And that's what we have seen in our community. And sometimes the relationships get so caustic that people just don't care enough about how the child is going to be. And this movie really signifies that the father, regardless of what was going to happen, was going to teach his son to be a man. And so I would say anyone who's watching, we want everyone to make sure they, they tune into these uh, to our the conversations because we see a lot of young people right now who are not necessarily in that traditional family, but need that parental guidance to help them and steer them along the way. They need that support. They need that direction. We we worked with teams, uh, the pastor and I, at an at-risk program for many years. And I think I said a, a week or so ago is that one of the things the teams always said to us is that they appreciated the structure and the accountability. Once you told them that they had a plan in place and what they had to do, they were able to fall in line. And, and they, the love that they, came out of the structure that, and accountability. That's exactly where I was going with that. I was going to say, what they really appreciate is that once you show them this is what the plan is, what the schedule is going to be, and you show that they you care, they now have a sense of accountability and a sense of belonging. 
And so that was really important to me. So that was the first part of uh, Boys and <clears throat> So also, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, you go ahead. I, before I go to my second point, because mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, and I'll come back to this, but there are also some things in this movie, you know, one about the parental guidance, which is important, but there were also some fighting in the, in, in the infrastructure of the family. Uh, and we, we will talk about the siblings uh, that fought because they had different fathers. And there was some type of things going on in the household. And so I do want to talk about that. And the last part I want to talk about is also the, the gang presence that was there. So those are the three things I want to get to. But I want to, you know, toss to the first lady. But I just want to make sure I put them out there so I don't forget. Right, because I want to know what you're talking about with mm-hmm. the how does that different father or different mother aspect play into mm-hmm. the um, building up of the tribe. Okay. Absolutely. So, um I, I I was writing some notes and so um yes co-parenting is is a thing and I think that we have to get into a place where we agree to co-parent and do um and allow people to to play their role um that they know they can play so for example when Trey was acting up in school when he was younger and the whole having you know the 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 principal call her the mom all the time and just the whole dynamic of that situation and her being, you know, in a place of recognizing, okay, this is not something that I'm able to at this moment to handle. Um, now it is, you know, I'm, I don't have an ego, right? I want to go and approach his dad and tell his dad, you know, I need your help, right? I, I, need I, you. I love that partnership piece, partnership yeah. piece. Yeah, that's that co-parenting. Because it was like, mm-hmm. all right, you you know what, you're right. Yeah. This boy need his father. Yeah, I need, and, and living in that era and in South Central L.A., was a real difficult thing to the licentious point about. Um, we'll talk about in a minute gang violence and drugs and all of that stuff. Um, but I like the fact that Furious didn't only have a relationship with Trey. He even tried to instill in Doughboy, well, not in Doughboy in, in initially, but in Ricky even. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when he took, remember, he took them to that sign and was telling him, you know, giving him a little bit of history, right, about what could happen if they don't do something, you know, more productive with their life. And I appreciated that he was caring even about him, right? Even though that was not his child, he cared enough about him to say, oh, let me let me teach you a, a lesson and hopefully, you know, it'll stick with you too and that you will glean and, and learn something from it because he also recognized the absence of his, of uh, Ricky's own dad, right? So you, Ricky's own dad, right? So you don't let the kids triangulate the mother and father on their terms, but the mother and father triangulate the kids on the parents' terms. Yes. And I thought gotcha. that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool how he, um, how he included him mm-hmm. in, you know, in the thing. And the one thing that Ricky said, which was interesting was when he said to him, Man, I wish Doughboy, I wish he was here to hear that. Which one you was know, Doughboy? so Doughboy was Ice, I mean, um, Ice, 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 Ice Cube. Gotcha. So it was like that, and he was, you know, he's the one who could have really benefited a lot from, you know, having that type of influence in his life. Um, and we know because the mom always blames him for everything, but we'll we'll pick up from there. So we want to continue with the co-parenting for a second? Yeah, Ice Cube, we apologize for calling you old man Ice T. I didn't. We didn't say iced tea. We just said ice. We didn't finish it. We didn't say that. No, we didn't. I didn't say no ice tea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say ice tea. I didn't say ice tea. I didn't 
Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, so anyway, we let me look over here and see what we got. So uh, Sister Denise said that she sent her son Trey to to his her Trey to his dad when he was fifteen. Um, Sister Kathy says co-parenting is a very important part of parenting. Yep. Sister Teresa says I think Trey's father uh, gave him an understanding that his life is valuable. That in the long run, accountability accountability goes a long way. Now that does not when you send one child to the other parent, mm -hmm. that does not relieve you of um, the responsibility. And I didn't see, did his mother come back into the picture after she dropped the boy off with his daddy? They talked often on the phone. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that means, because what I'm saying is that with in, in that case, because the father and they cannot did, do sorry. it on his own either. Right, because they did spend weekends. Remember one weekend he was like, I want to go, you know, spend, hang out with my friends. She was like, uh-uh-uh, you see your friends all the time. You, yeah. The weekends are for me. Okay, you know? I got you. So, yeah. Got you. There you go. So, um, then, um, Hey, hey, Tasha. That's my sister, y'all, in there. Um, Tasha says, there it there it goes right there, the different fathers. Oh, and then she talked about that she doesn't believe a woman can raise a man-child. And, and Tasha has some experience because she was a nurse at Rikers Island, so she's have seen up close and personal mm -hmm. the impact <laughs> of uh, a young man who has not been um, the recipient of good guidance. Uh-huh. Uh, Sister Denise said Trey came back from Texas A different young man Thank you God Okay To God be the glory Man uh, Sister Edith says Too many parents Are too busy Putting their feelings first And the children Children's welfare Second Or even third I don't understand that I, um, Yeah Explain that a little further Sister Edith for us uh, I was getting ready To go to the last century But he then faded out again Okay Nope That was it That's all we got so far so, um, so yeah, it's just one of those situations where I think that everybody has to be willing, if you will, right? Everybody has to be willing to be able to understand that the child, girl, child, man, child, you know, boy, child, whatever they need, everybody, girls need their fathers too. Girls need their fathers. They need their mothers. Uh, boys need their fathers and boys need their mothers. Um, I get it. People are able to to do the job. Like pastor said, he, um, didn't have his father present. Um, I didn't after, uh, I think I was six when my father, um, and my mom separated. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, there are some daddy issues that girls go through when their father is not around. You know, I think that all of these things are important and this is why we have to be careful. Um, and I think, I think that if, if a man has daughters, mm -hmm. you, Listen, brother, you lose out on so much if you're not there with them because they can really um, connect you to another persona that's within you that you didn't know existed. I mean, that um, turns into a whole other level of love, that um, daddy-daughter thing, when they um, can turn that towards you and then melt you out, I mean, from all the way from the inside of your heart all the way through. So I think it's important to soften us when we come so hard all the time yeah. to have that 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 ability to, you know, what rely on something that is a part of us that has a more, you know, softer and but um, beautiful side I to it. I think to your point, too, which is interesting, I think that mother to your so mothers are a, a soft on their sons mm -hmm. and, fa and fathers are soft on their daughters. 
mothers are hard on their daughters and fathers are hard on their sons. And it's because of the experience. It's because of our life. It's because we are women and we understand women, right? We, we were girls and we know how that works. Y'all are men and you understand men, you you're boys and you know how that works, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't always think that that is, um, I don't always think that that's the greatest thing, but it, it just, it seems to be the thing that plays out amongst parents, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, for the uh, Angela, ba- I can't even remember what her name was. Angela Bassett's character, she was the mother. Um, but I think for her, even it's just like this. This is my son, and I, I, I know when I can't, I can't do it. You know. Yeah. I think we got the licentiate back. Oh, okay. It was Reva, wasn't it? Reva, Reva, Reva. Might have been. I can't remember. You on? <clears throat> um, uh, am I on? Okay. Um, so the co-parenting, we, we talked about that. That was certainly important. So if we transition a little bit to, um. To not before I transition, I, I do want to say that co-parenting and having a father figure and having your mother figure is important for a child. Absolutely, as first lady and pastor both said, and that there are some there are huge dynamics. Now that we've talked about this, you know, in some other conversations about when the father figure there or the mother figure is not there, what starts to happen is uh, the child starts to seek avenues where they're going to be getting love from people and sometimes that love is in the wrong fashion amen Uh, wrong place wrong fashion inappropriate absolutely absolutely. so that's why you know when people how many how many talk about the violations that we came across in the academy because of that that anger be like you would not believe you know interviewing um you know hundreds of uh, cadets prior to coming to the academy it would usually come out typically if they are let's say uh, father was not, you know, was absentee father and the mother had a boyfriend uh, and it was, you know, a female cadet. They were abused by the, the boyfriend and not always in sexual abuse, a mental abuse, the way they were treated, mm-hmm. the way they were talked to uh, within the home. And so what they would start doing is they would seek other avenues. That's why a lot of the uh, cadets joined gangs because they were ready to get out of the Join house. Join gangs, try drugs. Try mm-hmm. drugs, you know, were engaged in a lot of activities that were not, you know, becoming of a, a, a of and a just cadet. became completely and utterly disobedient in school. Absolutely, it was it was it was a constant fight because the stability was not at home, and a lot. It really it really used to hurt my heart when we would interview the kids, and a lot of them would say, and I, and I would interview the parents, and one of the things the parents always said to me that I really would get emotional about, um, and to this day still it, it gets to me. That it's not that they don't, didn't want to be there for their child, uh, but unfortunately, and this goes into a whole another segue into that conversation. The economic disparities that they were in, they had to work multiple jobs, which would allow them to be outside of mm. home, and they would know some of the the, the atrocity atrocities that their uh, child was faced. Mm. But if they didn't work, they weren't going to have a place to stay. They weren't going to have food, so they didn't want to. Not they knew they had to be make a living, and the jobs that they were having were not sufficient enough to take care of their children. So mm-hmm. it was some of the parents were just like, you know, I want to be there. I know my child is acting out because I'm not there. But if I can't call out of work, we used to, and, and the pastor can tell you when there was a, a cadet there who we would have to discharge because of their behavior, and we would call a parent, and it would take them three to five hours to get there because they could not leave work. Because if they left work, it was a possibility they were not going to have a job. So parenting, again, is, you know, is important, you know, 
if you're not going to be able to be there, that's why we have we go into this whole tribe thing that we, as the pastor was talking about, and this is what this movie talks about because uh, furious, um, furious, mm-hmm. furious, sorry, furious was a, a person who was willing to step in and and parent uh, these these young men in the community because he saw the things that were going on within the community and not blame so, them for the blight. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't blame them and, did and was not, not afraid of them. Absolutely. Was not afraid of. And one thing about him that I liked in this movie is he didn't hold what happened, what your parents may have gone through against you because it wasn't something that they, it, he knew that he had to be there for these young men and, and young women in the community. He taught his son and he was a great example within this movie. So it's a strong movie. And I, I really hope that yes, he, if you didn't have opportunity to see, you go back and watch it because there is so much in this movie in 1991 that is still prevalent to this day. All day. And that's, the, and, you know, it's, that's the thing I was going to say about um, what you said that, that he didn't hold it against the children. Absolutely. It's like, that's not, they didn't have to be here. That's not their fault. Right. And so at the end of the day, you know, because we have them, we need to do our best to, to nurture and care for them. That was that one part in there too. When, if you recall, when he um, was telling Trey, yo, listen, you know, cause he and uh, Reva, I think that you were right. Reva, Reva, uh, had uh, Trey early because he, he was only 17 years older than Trey, right? And he was saying how, um, you know, I was with my boys one day and my boys were going to go actually try to kill somebody. And I said, I he said that was the day, like, basically I made a choice. I can't go with y'all. I got a, a, a kid on the way and I want to be the best for my child that I can be. Those mm-hmm. type of revelation, and, and it's good that, I think that he heard that, that Trey heard that story because although as angry as he was in the moment, you know, going in the house, getting the gun and all of that kind of stuff, and then jumping out the window, getting in the car. Um, I know those, the Furious was doing those little, those little stress balls he was had in his hand, you know, I knew at that point he was probably in his spirit praying, but Trey, I, you know, I, it was good because it kicked in. The training kicked in. It's like, don't ruin your future for just a moment of this frustration and aggravation you got. And, you know, him asking him to let he him out. He had let a prodigal him. son moment inside yeah, of the backseat of the car. Inside the backseat of the car. He's like, let me out. Let me out. And but that's that's a good segue because we, we talked about the, you know, Furious and how he was, you know, uh, there and he was there for a son. He was getting furious. He was, you know, he was feeling those parental uh, moments. But we transition to the part of Ricky and Doughboy's mother. And I can't think of her name right now on top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at how she treated the two boys differently mm-hmm. uh, based off of, and this is what I'm talking about. You know, when you have kids, you cannot, of course, you know, we know every child is different, but this was blatant because they had different fathers and this caused a rift within the house. And also she started giving up. She had gave up on Doughboy. I think her name because... was Tyra. Okay. What was Myra? No, I mean, I'm sorry. Her name was Brenda. Brenda, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Brenda started, she had she had a difference in the way they approached she was treating the children because Ricky was this athlete, this star who had potential. Doughboy, she had felt that. He and what did she say? I always dream. knew. Yeah. You were, and, and for to somebody Ricky, to say I always right. knew, that means you have you have always treated them differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we, we got to talk about that because that is a, that happens 
on a regular basis. If you see someone who is a standout on your children, you still have to encourage other one. But that she felt, you know, he had been lost to the streets, lost to the gangs. There was nothing to do. But I see the p- potential and promise in um, Ricky. But what happens is when that when you take place and you start picking one child over the other, Doughboy at this point was like, well. I'm never going to be in a place where I'm going to be able to please, where I'm never going to be able to achieve. And he, but he was doing that really to get her attention. He was doing Absolutely. like a lot of times Absolutely. kids act out because they want to try to get your attention. I mean, right. he he was saying it was like interestingly, even even when once Ricky got um, uh, the spoiler alert. If you didn't watch the movie, once if you Ricky, ain't watch the movie, ain't no spoiler alert. <laughs> This movie was out in the 90s. Once Ricky got shot and um, when they brought him home and remember like the sister, even Ricky's girlfriend was like, get off of me. Don't touch me. Don't touch him. Um, The mother. Oh, you know, you did this to him. It's your fault. And then it was a moment when she fell into his arms and he was consoling her. And I think for him, that felt really good in the moment. You know, that my mom is hugging me kind of thing. But then she just went straight crazy and started beating him up. And, you know, saying it was all because of him. And that was the reason why that her son died. And, I mean, he always talked about that dichotomy. Like, you know, yeah, my mom, she loved him more. She cares about him more. You know, that kind of thing. And that, to me, is really, really sad. The, the, way, the way they teach us when we, when I was in school, they taught us how to do um, this type of situation when you're counseling families mm-hmm. and you bring them in, don't have the expectation. You cannot have the expectation that all of the kids are going to be equally proficient or efficient or um, great inside of these singular items. If you have one that is a incredible athlete, then don't lessen the celebration mm-hmm. because the other child is not an athlete. Find what the other child is good, good at. at. Yeah. And once you find what the other child is good at, then maintain the level of your celebration, but celebrate inside of these two elements Mm -hmm. so that you can continue to encourage with such a a grandiose type of empowerment to both of them. Mm -hmm. But don't start saying, well, you're you're not the intellect or you're not the athlete. No, I have to celebrate and see you where you are. Mm -hmm. And once I see you where you are, then I'm going to push you into that passion so that you can be great and I can continue to do what I need to do to make sure that you evolve into that wonderful person. Mm -hmm. And it may not be, I mean, everybody ain't going to be on the playing field. That's right. I mean, even ones who are good, you're not going to make it to that playing field. But here, because I'm your parent and because I can see things that you may not see and because I can feel your strength inside of this area, let's consider, let's talk about, let's think about this thing. And there's nothing wrong. Don't try to push them too far into an area where you want to have them um, doing what you want them to do, but have them take into consideration. What about this other thing? You don't have to try to be like your brother. Your brother is his own people. That's right. You ain't got to be trying. You don't have to try to be like your sister. Your sister is her own people. It's when you start trying to come, when you start comparing them kids, Mm -hmm. when you start comparing them Mm -hmm. and you the one that had them. Right. Then I need to, we need to have a conversation with you because the issue is not with the, with the kids that you compare to. The issue is um, you're trying to nurture and you're under nurtured. Yeah. Everybody's got their own like issues, right? From their own growing up, their own um, parental um, rearing. And we tend to um, 
what is the word I want to use, uh, project that onto our children. Yeah, you're undernurtured. Yeah, and, and that becomes a problem, and then, like, the cycle continues. But I think that when you know better, you do better, or you should anyway. And you got to do the work to get to a place where you release that, you know, and you get over that frustration frustration and that anger. Um, going back to our uh, forum over here, Sister Edith was talking about how, basically how two parents, um, if, when, when they're not willing to work together, they, the, the person who loses out is the child. So in other words, I'm mad at you, dad, you know, so bump you. And I'm not, I'm not going to bring the kid over there, even though I know it probably the best thing for the kid is to come to be reared. By and, you. And, and I gotta, I gotta wrap my arm around the, the young people here as mm -hmm. well. well. My father who is absent, he came to me to visit me when I was a grown man. And the one thing that came out of his mouth was, you know, I was just one down with your mom and your grandmama. They were crazy. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, they were crazy. But what did that have to do with me? What did it have to do with me? Because I needed you and you could have presented yourself in such a way that it could have been separate from um, them. You had already separated yourself. Right. But when you have, when you disconnected, you disconnected from um, me as well. And mm -hmm. that you cannot blame on anybody right. but yourself. That's right. Take accountability, be responsible for your actions, yeah. speak the truth. Heard and then day. we can go ahead and move instead of a direction where we may be able to repair some of this, but don't stand on your lies. And for the y'all young people who are out there who are probably experiencing this kind of stuff, find positive role models. If it's not a positive biological role model, if it's not a, a positive imaginary role model, you're not going to be able to see. Look, there's somebody in your community. I promise you there's somebody in your community, somebody in your school, somebody inside of your orbit. Do we say orbit anymore still? You somebody do. in your orbit that you can <laughs> look up to Try and begin to get yourself on a solid <laughs> footing. And move inside. When I was going to school, this dude was called he was called Mr. McCackran. And dude, he, he he taught me how to play chess. He taught me to love astronomy. And he, because <laughs> I do this with my hand all the time, y'all. Y'all see this? I do this with my hand all the time. And I always thought it came from another individual in my life. And then I went back to my elementary school um photographs of somebody I, I seen on, on some type of social media thing and I saw Mr. McCachran's hand and his hand was just like that. It blew me away. <laughs> that was funny. I was like, all this time, I thought I got this from somebody else and it was because I had really fixated on this dude, um, this dude who really is like, listen, I'm going to um, call you Master Samuel Lee Hayes. He used to um, write out all my correspondence in that way. He began to teach me the value of I should have had in myself um, and really taught me so much about life. Don't ever quit. And all of these things that got me to where I needed to be. Somebody is around you. God will provide. Mm -hmm. God shall provide. God will not leave you nor forsake you. And he's not because he's going to come down out of the sky. But the way he does not leave you, the way he does not forsake you is that he always have somebody that's in proximity of your need. That's what um, uh, Sister Philippa said, that um, we as people have gotten away from our ancestral way of having aunties, uncles, grandparents helping to raise a child. It takes a village. I believe that. And I think that the problem is, is that you can't. And you got to let them yoke them up, too. You can't. Y'all talking about don't be touching my kid. Yoke that kid up. <laughs> anyway. I had to yoke up all of them. You're cool. I sent you. I think <laughs> I think what you have to do honestly is the village though 
you have to like you can't like pick and when I say pick and choose like if we family we family right it doesn't matter how we are family we just gotta we gotta be okay you know grown people make grown people decisions and things happen and at the end of the day it's like you don't need to ostracize or you know um or 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 not help assist in rearing and raising somebody because they they won yours you know you understand what i'm saying and that's the difficulty that we run into sometimes aunties are aunties straight up they ain't gotta be blood they aunties you know uncles are uncles they don't have to be blood they uncles i mean this is just like we said what uh when did we say this like this past weekend uh sister philippa's grandkids are our grandkids they you know, mm-hmm. this is just what you do because of the fact of the matter is that she had me on the phone are, two hours that night talking about them kids. Is she? <laughs> we are, um, we're family, and we whatever I can give to help, I'm gonna give. Right? Correction. Even that when when the grandkids is in the office after church on Sunday and they do something that's not right, who all of us step in and say something? You know what I'm saying? Everybody gets in and says, "Up, oh, nope, nope, nope. We don't want to do that." And it's a respect level there as well. And if you don't do it at this age and this level, don't expect to do it when they get 15, when they get 16. 15 and Because they, they will slap the taste out of your mouth. Such and such is happening. And, and they're going to say something that you ain't going to like. <laughs> exactly. Come on now. You know, that the village piece is, is, a, is a critical piece because growing up at our, our church, uh, Friendship, I've known the pastor since 1994, and he stepped in. And the first lady has stepped in also because they still think they can try to correct me all the time. But anyway, that's another point. That's another point. Because we can. Right now. Uh, no, because uh, he know we need to. Right. The way he fall <laughs> off the side of the cliff. Uh, but, uh, to the point of the village portion, though, I remember distinctly at, at church that the village, you know, when you got to church, everyone who knew my girlfriend knew how she was, so I really didn't deviate too much from that. But if I did, there were people in friendship who had no problem saying to you, you're not going to do that. Who are you representing? And that's what we are lacking now. Because we just had to tell your great grandmother to sit back and enjoy the, enjoy the entertainment. <laughs> well, that's it. That, yeah. We said, I was telling Sister Philip the other day, we were laughing because we would have choir practice and she would always say, if you all don't get right, she was going to swat us. And I don't know where, that, where that, that came from, but it was funny because we all knew somebody no swatted. We all knew y'all wanted to get you together. So that goes to that whole part. Sister Philippa said that she tried to get you to join in with the U choir and you refused you to join to in the U choir because you wanted to be right there next to your great great grandmama where they were singing. And um, yeah. What happened there? Yeah, uh, that is a true story. So what happened was actually there was a meeting. Reverend Melton actually had to uh, have a whole meeting about oh, it. Mercy. <laughs> that was a oh long, my that was gosh! A long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> I do do remember that. I do. It goes back to that whole village piece, though. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I was going somewhere with it. No, the village the village piece is important because we get so easily offended when we are trying to correct someone else. Yeah. Uh, someone's child, and that should not be the and, case. And it's really it, it can because how do you expect the uh, the young person to uh, be a viable person in society if they can't take uh, some criticism and correction from the the people in the village that is trying to make them better? Now I would say though when you are doing the correcting, it is all about how you do the correcting. Don't you don't have to be nasty. You you have to really get to the point where you're trying to tell the person. That's be educational. Absolutely it developmental. Has to be educational. 
a teaching moment that this person can go back and refer to. Because if not, then the kid just automatically shuts down. That's what I'm talking about. And, and, and you can so tell you these to, people who protect their kids and don't let nobody say nothing to them. Right. I mean, it, it was, we, and the YPD, when we were in the YPD, we knew when we were going to conference that we were a representation of our family. But not only just our, our, our nuclear family, we were a representation of our church. And when we got there, everyone and people can attest, they knew who the friendship kids were. Uh, we had a reputation, but it wasn't a bad reputation. It was a reputation that everybody wanted to be around us because we were just great, Why? great kids. Because y'all was bad. We all, we had jokes. We kids had, we are bad. not bad. Their behavior they, is bad. Friendship kids we were bad. bad. <laughs> we had, we had jokes. We had a lot that of jokes. The record reflects. Oh, gosh. The record reflects we were not bad. Since Philip would chime in any time there. We were not bad. We were, uh, we were, we were kids who were all about doing what we had to do, but we were funny when we did it. Oh, why, did you, why, did you tell, why did you tell she, Sister Phillips to chime she in? She chimed in. She said you cried. No, nah, ooh, she's talking about the time for that you <laughs> went on the choir. How, how was she know? Because she used to take all y'all kids out there on these things. She was out there with them drunk church ladies too. Let y'all do what y'all want to do. Sister Phillips, you ain't you ain't got to give all the information. Yeah. <laughs> I cry now. Come on now. I knew that, but I wasn't gonna say it. One of the things that I think is really interesting. Cry. Yeah, you yeah, did. Okay. One of the things I thought is very <laughs> interesting is that what Sister Bow says. She says that she thinks Brenda treated um, Doughboy differently because of uh, her deep anger toward his dad. And sometimes I believe that's that's true. Like, you yeah, can't, when they can't, I can't stand your daddy. I can't stand your daddy, and or Lord don't look like your daddy. Okay. Every time you look at somebody, they look like you look like that man or that woman that did whatever to me. And so now I got to take all the stuff out that I wasn't able to take out on them on you. And he getting backhanded like vitamins. Yeah, it's crazy. That just that that. Yes, Sister Bell, I, I certainly agree with that. Sister Teresa was saying that um, she was saying that the last time we were on, she believes that when family structure is not at not at home, when the family structure is not at home, they will find another form of a family such as a gang. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think Sister Teresa can get in the conversation. She had a mother and a father that are doing a wonderful job who are not a mother father of our church. Well, she was just saying. So she don't have, no, you, you she, have no experience here. She's saying this is what she thinks. And I agree, Sister Teresa. I don't. She ain't got no experience I here. I agree, Sister Teresa. The rest Teresa. of us went up the rough side of the mountain. <laughs> and she out there being loved. I agree, Sister Teresa, that that can happen. You do go out here looking for love in all the wrong places. And people always, you know, they know how to they know how to draw you in. They know how to entice you. Um, they know what you lack. I mean, people can see the spirit of that which you are coming when you come. Her daddy was the head of the deacon board, steward board for 40 years. And her mother high inside of the um, classism of the church. So that's probably why she's saying what she's saying. But she ain't had these experiences. <laughs> She can't relate to boys in the hood. Oh, stop. I was, that, that's cool. That That's fine. That's a good thing that she couldn't relate what, to it. Well, you can't relate to it. Don't be able to talk about it. I think this is what Pastor, happened. What is going really? on today? So, <laughs> anyway, let me see. Um, so, yeah, Sister Kathy actually said, we are in a time where people don't want you to correct their kids. Absolutely not. They get so upset and bitter. And you know what gets me is that you get these situations. And I'm not, listen. Nobody should take into their own hands the life of someone else that I don't believe in that. Like you don't go out here killing people just cause you can. 
Um, I think you de-escalate situations, you know, and I'm talking about police officers, especially they de-escalated that situation with that person that just shot those seven people in California. They managed to put him in handcuffs, you know, I thought he killed himself. mm -mm, That one, they put in handcuffs. So the thing of it is, is that at the end of the day, my whole point to that is that just the internal, um, hatred and maybe the frustration of being in the, 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 the environment that you're in causes problem too, because listen, let's not forget the police officer who, you know, put the gun to um, Trey's neck. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole situation as well. So he was, he was coming against a lot of, of things in his life that were not um, advantageous, but thank God for the jewels that his father placed in him. In terms of, you know, explaining to him how society worked and that the only way for him to get out was to do the work to do it. And so when you talk about people not you don't want people correcting your kids. The thing of it is for me, too, is I I know that a lot of people feel that way. But at the end of the day, the interesting thing to me is when people um, say they don't want you to do that. And then when they when they when they see your kid acting out of pocket and something goes, you know, really wrong, then they come at you and get mad at you because you didn't say anything. What do you mean? Like, so for example, you know, you have, you have, I, I think it's like the kids that, that get into this trouble and then God forbid something happens to them and they've been troublemakers and then something happens to them and then their parents get on the television and talk about how much of a good kid they were. You understand what I'm saying? And then you turn around and you're like, but you get mad at the other people who tried to help, try to, you know, alert you to what was going on. But then when you find out later on that this thing happened, you're mad at those people because they didn't come to you and say anything. Well, when I tried to tell you before, you got mad at me, so you shut me down. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is another problem. It's like, so we can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. No, that's a big. Well, that happens quite frequently when people uh, believe that uh, their child is above board when they actually have done something that has been egregious. And to the the first lady's point, she always says is that you know kids aren't bad; they have bad behavior. Right. And there are some kids who really just act some bad behavior. Like, we got to tell the truth. We really have to tell the truth on that. Mm-hmm. Their behavior is terrible. And what happens is sometimes I think people get now. I, I would say correction is important. Do I think some people take that power a little bit too much and are overly always critical trying to find something? As a pastor said, we should do it as an educational moment, as a teaching moment. But we do have some people who just get a little of that power and say, oh, I always got to constantly correct it. The child, and then the child just starts to shut down. You have to, you, the whole point of correction is so you're teaching them to go into the right direction, but not become abusive with the power that you have. And so, you're right to the point when people say, well, my child hasn't done anything. You know, we just sometimes become oblivious to the the, uh, the egregious behavior. But then when the child acts <laughs> out, it's like, oh, I'm so surprised. Well, guess what? Your kid's been yep. kicking cats for the last five exactly. years. Exactly. And we told you that he's Setting fires, cats, doing all kinds of stuff. Yep. And so now oh, he's in jail for kicking cats. Mm-hmm. But you, I told you about it five years ago. Mm-hmm. So you can't always become get to the point that, oh, no, my child is doing anything wrong. Guess what? We have all been in situations we have done things that we should not be doing. And again, when someone's coming to you, the village is coming to you and say, look, your child needs some help or, you know, get some counseling or, you know, redirect. Don't always take it as an indictment that you're a bad parent. 
It's something that you may have missed because maybe you were working 60 hours that week and you weren't able to see it. So the village is definitely important. And I think, well, I don't think, I know that brothers and sisters, if you decide that you're going to step into the fray Mm -hmm. and you're going to participate in helping to raise another person's child, Mm -hmm. you cannot do this in fear. In fear, that's right. You cannot do this with apprehension at every decision that you're trying to make. The person whose child that you have in your um, um, authority, or your, if you've been a custodian or whatever of this child at the, at the particular moment, you should have already had a conversation with that child's parent. Mm-hmm. That child's parent should already know who you are and basically know that my ethic aligns with their ethic. And mm-hmm. I can you know, reasonably um, trust that we're going to touch and agree on mm-hmm. how this child is supposed to be reared. Now I've had conversations in the church. I've had I, I can I will relate to you guys. Um, one is I had two parents, and it was not the fathers of these two um, young men. It was their mothers. Mm-hmm. And when I had these two young men, and we I used to always take all of the boys in groups and do all sorts of fun things with them. You'd take them to the gym, take them to different places, so then they can have that 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 togetherness type of thing and build that bond. And um, two of them were trying to act out as though, you know, it was uh, from a normal stance of what they would be allowed to do at home. And they were friends. And while they were with me, it was like, no, I'm cutting that all the way off. You're not going to do this. I'm not going to go into what they do, what they did. But I told them specifically, you're not going to do it. Right. And if you do it, then it's going to be me and you. And right. I used to wrestle with and in, 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 in play fight with the, the um, kids all the time. And it would be like four or five of them, but you know what? I still whooped all their butt anyway. Amen. Um, really? But here again, when I, when I got serious, they knew I was serious. And it's like, listen, don't make me have to come for you because I'm responsible for your safety and welfare. Right. So what they, what these two did is went back and told their mama, said, man, he was a little bit, you know, authoritative. And uh, me, so they came to me and I appreciated them coming to me. So, okay, let's sit down and talk. Now, once we sat down and talked, and let me explain to you what they did. Mm-hmm. And let me respond to you on why I said or why I did what I did mm-hmm. in order to prevent the situation from getting these two into a lot of uh, trouble because of the environment that we were in. Mm-hmm. Once they knew that, then they were like, okay, we, we understand, we see, we are thankful. So why am I bringing this story up? Y'all don't just, if you got a young kid and you are trusting the tribe, don't just take, even though you have to, receive what the kid says right it's not gospel right you have to filter it and you have to do your investigative work right if they say something then it is your duty to go and find out because it could be a violation that's there. right and if it is a violation there then that's a whole other conversation right but if it's not a violation there then you need to turn back and then double down on that child your behavior was inappropriate and you were corrected and I agree with the correction. Right. Then what that does is it provides no way out for the child and the child will know, well, I can't do that. Right. It's wrong for me to do that. And that's the way you need to go is communication is key. Mm-hmm. And don't give your kids to people that you don't trust have your same value system. That's right. Because if they don't have your same value system, that's on you. You rolled the dice. Mm-hmm. You rolled the dice, you know, really, really um, um, dangerously. Because you don't know once the kids goes out of your uh, eyesight what's going to happen. So you need to make sure that you are giving them to somebody who's going to be responsible, who's going to be loving, who's going to be accountable That's right. for what is going on while they're in that 
presence. That's right. Amen? That's right. Amen. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see what else. Okay, so there's a few funny things here uh, to share. So, is Denise um, still on there? She I, said, I, I beat Trey up too. She said, Joyce keep trying, still trying to raise her. Well, it's because you are, you out of line most of the time. You still violating. Ask Trey about it. I think me and Trey got into a couple um, wrestling Girls, matches. Yeah. Gorgeous. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Sister Philippa said that y'all were in line. The friendship kids. McBride says, speaking as a former young person, they loved us at us friendship kids. As a matter of fact, ain't it today your birthday? Happy birthday, girl. Today McBride's birthday? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday yeah. McBride. Yes. Um, happy birthday. Um, yes, Sister Edith, I agree with you. When young people uh, address you by your first name, if you didn't give that permission, when I, um, that happened with me and, and the kids' friends, like, when I first, when the kids first met me before they started, you know, calling me mom, right. Mm -hmm. The kid, they would call me Donna. And so, uh, <laughs> their friends started thinking so. And I was like, uh, it's miss Donna to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because you don't get to, yeah. And you have to straighten it out. But you the got, door. you, you have to be completely, um, open uh, and, and uh -huh. universal with that. Uh -huh. Cause I remember when I came to uh, friendship, the pastor's church, the grownups were calling each other by first name. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, we have to be at, at least brotherly in love. I mean, it's um, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And we're not only doing that because we're um, doing it for the benefit of each other while we're talking, but we're doing it for the benefit of teaching our young people mm -hmm. to speak in those terms mm -hmm. and to give proper and correct um, identities to these individuals because that will lend itself to success further and later on um, down the line. And I will go back to Sister Philippa used to take these kids to do a lot of things with them. Mm -hmm. And I will agree with that. But Sister Philippa, you know that once you got to your destination, you let the whole tribe raise our kids. <laughs> you went in your room and closed the door. We have way too many stories of them acting straight out fools in these hotels and then going back to your little uh, room and you wouldn't even open the door to let them in for uh, a bologna sandwich. So don't, please don't try to mess with me with that. And uh, like Central Tinder, if I was you, I would expose her uh -uh, right now. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Go for it, brother. Uh, <laughs> what I will say, Pastor Hayes, there was a lot of stories that took place on these trips. Uh, however, our overall reputation <laughs> was we were good, good friction kids. Oh, and what Lord. happened? At, what happened at the Adams Marco Hotel that has been torn down? Happened at the Adams Marco Hotel. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you that it was a fun time. It, it went with the dust. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Those those memories. Sister Philbin knows those. She knows those stories. She knows all about some of those stories at the Adams Marco Hotel. But oh, that's we're funny. We're going to at Adams Marco. So um, we have a couple of things. Sister Teresa said, "Whatever, Pastor, you don't know about her." And how she was raised up. I know all about it. Your mom and daddy, mother, father in my church. I know. Mother White said, thank you, Pastor. Uh, they raised that. you well. You ain't had not nan one bad day <laughs> in your entire existence. <laughs> and, the rest of us out here struggling, struggling. Brother Gary said, you're right, Pastor Hayes. I can't begin to tell you how fortunate and blessed my sister and I were. Brother Gary, see, nah. What you got to say, <laughs> Sister Russell? Even your brother is on here exposing you for what? Has it really happened? Y'all, and, and particularly because y'all are African-Americans, it was a rarity to have a mother and father in the African-American home in such a way that they were that uh, representative of a family unit. 
So you turn your computer off, go lay down. <laughs> anyway. This, this ain't your conversation. Oh my goodness. Mother wife, father wife, I mean, brother wife, mother wife. I thank y'all for um, giving that proper and nurturing and loving example. Back to something more. And, um, she needs to be more appreciative of, oh of what y'all have done for her. She need to. She she just need to be more free and oh, grateful. Lord have mercy. Grateful. She need to be rubbing y'all feet tonight while y'all oh sit down God. watching Magnum PI. Huh? Really? Or murder she wrote. <laughs> Rub some toes. Cut some toenails. Do something. Drink anyway, some lemonade. I know he wants Tasha, some dog cat shoes or something. Hey, sissy. Latasha said. She said folk have to be fair and not biased. Some will make one child appear wrong and the others never get reprimanded. That's because Tasha was bad. No, she was. <laughs> Tasha, don't be trying to air out you your know? stuff on here. How you know she was, it, 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 her because behavior by, was bad. By virtue of what know? she just said, I know she was bad. <laughs> I agree. Listen, <laughs> See what I'm I know how it is. It's true. Some of us, some of us babies. Tasha got on them. that trip, she probably going to be dropping some tears. Talking about, you know what, I was just this, and they treat me like that. No, it's because she was bad. No, sir. Listen, I hear you. And, and you know what? This one right here would have told on you every step along the way. Because <laughs> she is the number one snitcher in uh, the I state of New Jersey. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I used to be. I'm not anymore. Lord, Lord, Lord. I used Lord, to be, but I'm not Lord. anymore. Uh, Sister, uh, Sister Edith said that, um, let's see, speaking of police, that was awful and is shameful. And another example of self-hate by the, okay, yep, the police officer in the movie. It, you know what? That was really, I, mm -hmm. I was willing to say that was an extreme example, and I really didn't like it. I don't think anybody can watch that and they didn't like it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know what? It We still have this type of stuff being played out today. Today. The, the George Floyd issue is indicative of that. Oh, my God. And it was, I mean, we always want to concentrate on the white brother that had his um, foot, knee on the neck. There was a, a black man that was weighing him down as well. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, we if you're going to tell the story, tell the story. Mm -hmm. Not only was there a black man wearing him down, but there was an Asian man, I believe, inside mm -hmm. of the mix. Mm -hmm. So everybody was represented there mm -hmm. that did what they did. So, yes, when you have this issue of um, brutality, mm -hmm. then you have to uh, respond with a voice. Speak up and not speaking up when you are. 40, 50 years old, and you have already tried your hand at different things that would make life difficult for you. Because mm -hmm. if we're going to tell the truth, we're going to tell the truth. Even with George Floyd, it does not give anybody the right to take your life. Right. But you were inebriated and probably not, you know, responded with your best um, mental um, strength. Mm -hmm. But the, the reality of it is, is that you can't tell no 40, 50 year old man what to do. Yep. Mm. You, you got to get with them when they right now. Don't be afraid of these kids. That's what. Uh, so perfect segue. Sister Kathy said, I think a parent as a parent, you have to teach your children respect. I believe that correction starts at home. And she always got something for me. Like, I'd be like, what is this? She talked about. And it starts when they are knee high to a grasshopper. Knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> what? And just a kick away. I mean, oh, my goodness. Knee high you, to you know, a you heard grasshopper. That before. Come on. What then, is knee high to a grasshopper? That's an old idiom, an old old school you, talk. You, I, I told you I never watched Pinocchio either, and Snow White and all them other things. That was a surprise to me. See, but y'all need to understand: <laughs> we've got to do what we need to do, or we will lose this generation. That's right. We will lose them because they're not engaging in the same um, journeys, the same paths that they saw us take 
we came from a generation that was buttressed up against a lot of things, and we have a different value set. They have a different value set, so we need to connect to their value set to push them towards their passion that will make them successful, that will make them productive, that will make life more enjoyable and positive so that we can get away from all this violation, all this violence that we are seeing on a regular basis out here in these streets. It is surprising to me with all of the things that are going on that we have now as a society decided that this is the norm. Yeah. It is never going to be normal for me to wake up and hear That's of right. the violence that I'm hearing out there. It touches my heart every, every time yeah. that I see it. It touches the, 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 the intellect. It's like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You cannot take a coward's approach, disconnect, and go to the sidelines and not engage because you believe you don't have the answer. Even if you don't have the answer, your presence. Mm -hmm. This is what I told my father. You may not have had the answer to overcome my mother and my grandmother. All I needed was for you to be present. Mm -hmm. Amen. And in that presence, I believe then God will make a way, Mm -hmm. but you've got to be available for God to use you. You better say it. If you're not available, God can't use you because you're not on the set. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, Tasha says, if parents don't get with these kids, they come straight to jail. Parents definitely can't be afraid to be parents. The judge doesn't care. And the cops kill them. I seen it at Rikers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rikers is a tough place. I was doing some reading about what was going out there. When I, um, found out that, um, sis was out there. I was, man, I, she, she went to my prayer journal yep. because it was just, just a lot of craziness is going on, but we've got to get these kids before they get into that conduit. And that conduit, y'all, it starts earlier than you may imagine. That um, jailhouse conduit starts in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Don't teach a child what they can't do. Teach a child what they can do. That's right. And let what they can do overpower the absence and the space of what they cannot do. Because if they're doing positive things, then they won't have the um, distraction of doing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Be that person that steps in the, in, in, in the way. Be that person that provides uh, financial assistance. Be that person to provide um, uh, the logistics. Be that person to provide the shelter so that they can do these different things. I don't care if you work at two jobs. <clears throat> Take a sick day once a month. Do something. But to do nothing but just have excuses is not acceptable. I have a a, 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 um, a poster on my wall, and it's from an anonymous person. I'm going to read it to you. Excuses are tools of incompetence used to build bridges to nowhere and monuments of nothingness. And those who use them seldom specialize in anything else. I, I have that on my wall. What do you mean anonymous? I thought you said that. I did. <laughs> you said anonymous. said anonymous. That's you. Let me say it again. <laughs> Excuses are tools of incompetence. Mm-hmm. Used to build bridges to nowhere and monuments of nothingness. And those who use them seldom specialize in anything else. Challenge yourself. I use this in the academy. And I want to tell you that, folk, y'all need to do what you need to do in order that they may survive. I see we lost the last century again. Mm-hmm. You just got to call them back. Well, I'm going to get ready to finish up. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, I just, I think that those words are powerful. I don't understand why you said it was anonymous. That was you. You created that. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Right? Um, so, Sister Philippa said <laughs> her dad was there and he got you straight, Reverend Hayes, before you became a pastor. Nah, we get less, as as the licentious said, we're going to let the record reflect on that. Um <laughs> That nope. actually is an anonymous poem. So he is correct. That is anonymous. It's been out there for quite some time. Oh, I thought, you know what? The reason let why me, I said that. Let me that... continue to go on. Uh, yeah. It's not even going to be a discussion because I don't know where she, she, she just, she just feels that greatly about me that she attributed it to me. But I was going to take a little bit of that. And y'all see that, um, like Central Tyndale took away all that shine. I was going to oh, let it ride. I was going to let it ride. Oh, it's cool. No, it's I cool. I give credit where and cite where I'm supposed to cite. Now, I'm going to get back to Sister Philippa and the great brother, Domino. <laughs> Her daddy, y'all, was a man almost after my own heart. If you was a young man, you had a rough time around him. He was a um, teacher, a trainer, and we, also, we, we have the fellowship hall in our church is um, named after him because he brought that skill set in. But this was not an easy dude to get along with. I mean, he would come into the um, meetings with the brothers when we out there trying to do some um, carpentry work, and he would be bragging on how he was about there beating up the police officers who decided they was going to pull him over the side of the road, and him telling them they was too young to be even be talking to him. This is the kind of dude that he was. But you know what? He was a military guy after my own heart. I think he was, was Air Force as well. So that's the reason why I, can, I was able to identify with him and then stay over the road. So I'm not going to say anything um, cross-eyed about uh, Pops. He didn't give you enough instruction and, you know, correction along really? the way. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, you went left. And um, I think it's because that, that daughter love that you gave to him, he didn't try to pull you back in line again. Amen. <laughs> and thank you, Life Central, for taking the shine off of me. But you know what? It's all good. That was not the intent, but you, as you uh, got me last week about quoting stuff about Big Sure. So the then right it was teaching. the intent. No, that was not the intent at all. But I'm just <laughs> to, to there, correct man. it. That that poem was has been out there for many many years. Now there's various variations of that. The pastor may have put his own variation on it, but don't try to clean it up. Exactly. Just saying. Just all right. You got some final words, sir. I would say I would, you know, I hope we get to continue because there were some other parts of this movie that we didn't get into. Uh, that the, the, what's the high point? Because you know how we are next week going to be talking about something else. So what's another part? Uh, we still no, got a thirty nine um, member I, I, set. I, 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 I would just say my last part of this movie that I didn't like, and everyone, the past and first lady knows when Ricky gets shot. Oh come they on! They take Ricky come to on, the house. On, come on! They had to put Ricky on that. The couch, couch had plastic on it. <laughs> The couch had plastic there. on it. That is a that is a part. Mama, of just take that. You all they had to do is take them cushions, take them cushions outside and rinse them off. They had they had plastic on them cushions. I'm telling all young people out there, anybody don't oh, have someone who has been deceived. No, and you bring them to the parents' house. Don't have them on the couch. Don't don't have the parents. Don't have that plastic on your on your couch. Well, Y'all remember I was right. I remember that when it's the summertime and oh, laying on that and you stuck to it. it. Oh yeah. Oh you stuck to it. It was I the worst. Saying, 
that part of the movie just gets to me every oh, time gosh, because Doughboy has a call his mother out there and then she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Then the girlfriend comes out there with the and child. He tries to tell what's going on. She, he trying to tell so, him he don't need to be saying this. Oh yeah, the baby was there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. was the whole it was, thing. It was, it was too dramatic. So that's the only part of the movie that I'm like, you know what? Rick, well, there was another part too when Ricky ran down the middle of the alley, but that's not the story. <laughs> but then going to the uh, he had to run to somewhere. He should have ran to the anyway. I'm not gonna get. We should have ran to the side. But anyway, anyway, I'm saying it like, wouldn't have been a movie. Y'all, y'all know it wouldn't have, like been, it wouldn't have was, been a movie. He was disconnected. His phone was disconnected. And you see, when he got reconnected, the first thing he said uh-huh. was correcting that citation. Mm-hmm. He could. He was like, "Man, I hope they get me back online again. <laughs> I need to get back online. I, get, I gotta correct that." That is absolutely. Oh, you did not get true. disconnected. <laughs> I got disconnected. Now, when you that's came back on to reconnect, what, did, what was the first thing you said? Rewind. Uh, throw the red flag. So, what part flag. of exactly, so what part of what I said was not true? <laughs> Let the record reflect. Let the record. No, reflect. no. I'm, I'm just asking what part of what I said was not correct. It was. I'm not going to try to argue. Today. Throw the red. I'm not flag. arguing. We can rewind. Yeah, exactly. Go, go ahead and rewind. <laughs> rewind. Take it. But anyway. I hope we and everyone enjoyed the conversation tonight because it was really, really powerful. Yeah, Sister Edith, they put him in that that hydraulic car first and drove him there. That was just, that was trash. It was was, too much. That was was a lot. All right, Pastor, you got some last words before we close out? Our young men and our young women need us. Amen. And I um, tell even Lysentry at his age, he's in... He's no longer a young adult. He's an adult. Mm-hmm. So they need us um, to get in their way, to get in their path, and not be afraid of them while we are doing it. We have lived long enough to gather some wisdom. We have prayed long enough to have some anointing. We have struggled long enough to give some relief when we see others in the storm. We've got to do our part, and we are falling into this crux, this chaos of standing idly by and letting be what be. And at the end of the day, that is never going to um, pass muster, not with me and not with society. Long after we're gone, our influence will still live. These young people, after we are six feet under the ground, will still carry the legacy of what we teach them mm-hmm. and how we empower them and how we have decided to get in their way and allow them to become who they are with our help and our guidance. Stop running away afraid. You have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Once all of the bark is gone, you're going to find out that they are just children. Mm-hmm. And that's all they wanted to be. That's right. But they just needed somebody that they can trust and surrender to. Mm-hmm. Once they surrender to you, be responsible. Do not violate their trust. Do not begin to lie to them. And do not become absent. And particularly, do not make a promise that you will not attempt to keep. All promises that you make, you may not be able to keep them because all sorts of situations may come about. But if you make a promise 
at least put it on your schedule of things to do that you're going to try to make that a reality. There's nothing to hurt a young person more than a lying behind, lying behind grown-up who just makes promises. And when you do that, you make it incredibly bad for all of us out here trying to make a difference. Because a child will tell you in a minute, nobody has ever done anything all my life but lie to me. My gosh. And that is a hurdle to get over. All of us are empowered by Christ himself, who says that if you love me, feed my sheep. You've got to feed these young people. It's not enough to put collard greens and cornbread on the table. you got to feed their spirit. You have to feed their intellect. You have to feed their socialism. You have to feed everything it is about them. If they're turning out to be somebody who you despise, is on that can only be because you did not have the right input. So get yourself in gear. Humble yourself. Walk humbly with them. Be the person, not the superior, but be the trainer. Be pedagogical. Instruct them. Train them up. Love them. Give to them. Stop making these kids to be what society has turned against. That's right. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of us because it's going to take the strength of all of us to make this happen. Amen. And I start, my foundation is Christ. Where every knee bows and every tongue confesses. Amen. 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 So as per usual, I always leave us with something to think about. And today I want to give you a little bit of uh, history um, about this movie we just got finished talking about. Boys in the Hood was screened in the Uncertain Regard section at the 1991 Cannes Film Festival. It premiered in Los Angeles on July 2nd, 1991, and was theoretical theatrically released in the United States 10 days later. The film became a critical and commercial success, grossing $57.5 million in North America and earning nominations for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay at the 64th Academy Awards. John Singleton became the youngest person and the first African-American to be nominated for Best Director. In 2022, 64 years before an African-American became nominated as a best director. In, 2020, in 2002, the United States Library of Congress deemed this movie culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry. That film really, really resonates with people today. And in the one of my favorite parts, final words of Doughboy, either they don't know, they don't show, or they don't care about what's going on in the hood. For me, the Jesus 11 Jersey girl, the licentiate on location, the pastor, we love y'all. <laughs>